most wonderful show is Keeping Up With The Joneses. Welcome to episode 173 of Keeping Up With The Joneses, where this week we're talking about cultivating an exceptional spirit. But first, AJ Jones, tell me about your week. It was a good week. I got a year older. How was that for you? It was good. I've decided that this year I turned 45 again because last year I spent my birthday in the hospital and I didn't get to celebrate. So I'm celebrating 45 this year. But aren't you 46? I am. I'm just going to skip 46 and go straight to 47 next year. What do you think? Seems an interesting theory. (laughs) Okay, so I'm 46. I'm and celebrating both years. Yeah, that's it. And you had Mam and Papa in town. Mam and Papa were here. Yeah, it was so good. It was five glorious days. It went by very quickly. Yeah. We had John and Carol staying with us. They, they spoke at the School of Supernatural Life. And so that was the inevitable fun. Yes. <laughs> but Chaos. I think the thing that you were super happy about was they were in town for your birthday. Yeah. And I think it's the first time I've actually like had my birthday dinner with them. Uh, on my birthday in probably 11 years, 12 years, something like that. So, mm -hmm. so that was really, it was super special and I got to order some new clothes from the gap. Oh, you're so happy. Yes. And they arrived in the mail today. They did. So I came home to new clothes. I don't understand why you buy clothes via the mail. Well, I got one shirt that I really liked, uh, at the store, but they didn't have any more in my size. And so they said, you could see if they have any left online, which they did. And then it was on sale, plus it was 40% off. So I was like, a bonus. So I ordered them online. Look at you, little producer. And I don't like shopping anyway. So if I know my size, I'd much rather just buy it online and not have to go to a mall. Yeah, I'm with you. I try and do shopping like what, once a year? Yeah, if you have to. Well, my clothes wear out. I know. Well, that's what happened. I had three pairs of jeans all burst holes in them all in one week. So, but I mean, I <laughs> well, haven't bought jeans in a couple of years. So there but, you go. <laughs> but no wonder because you buy a, a bunch of jeans at the same time. Yeah. I find a pair of jeans that fit and I buy two pairs. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't mean a year. Yeah. Uh, but these, this is my last pair. They're, they're, we probably need to buy more expensive jeans if we're going through them yeah, in a year. I, know. I wonder if we're strange creatures. Like, I wonder if other people live like that or if it's just us. <laughs> I think it's, you know, there's there's people who probably treat their iPhones like I treat my jeans, in that they they just buy an iPhone, they use it, and wears out, they'll get a new one. Right. Right. Whereas I get a new iPhone every year because that's what I'm interested in. There'll be people who are interested in fashion, and so they buy, they buy clothes. You know, like maybe every season. Whereas, Ooh. whereas yeah. I just make sure all vital parts of my anatomy are covered, and then we're good to go. Yeah, I think the world is thankful. <laughs> So, yeah, I got to get some clothes, so that was exciting. So that was Monday, Tuesday. That was Monday, Tuesday. They flew out Wednesday, and we had a couple of birthday dinners. We got to celebrate with John and Carol, got to celebrate with the kids. Yes, that was really fun. The kids could not understand why we were having a birthday celebration without them. No, poor duckies. They They, really couldn't. They looked shocked, but they got over it. They did. Well, cheesecake makes you get over things. Oh, it does. Yeah. And then this weekend, we were in St. Louis for a youth retreat. Yes. The difference being this one, we tried something different. Normally... When we're ministering, like, I'll go away and you stay home with the kids, or you go away and I stay home with the kids. This time, the the church was very kind and said, why don't you actually bring your whole family? So we did. How do you think that went? I think it went really well. I think the kids loved it. So they gave us a nice cabin that had three bedrooms, and so that, you know, everybody got to go to bed at the right times and all that kind of stuff. But there was parks at this camp, so and then an indoor pool, so they had a good time. That's the winner for them. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, it was a little distracting for me because usually when I go away, I'm just in the zone. And then when I come home, I'm out of the zone and I'm back being a dad. It was weird this weekend because, you know, at lunch times and dinner times, I was having lunch and dinner with you guys rather than with all the people I'm trying to connect with. To be honest, we just got out of the car. <laughs> we, we literally just <laughs> literally. got home. We got home, ate Chipotle, put the kids to bed and are recording a podcast. So my contemplator hasn't had time to think. But they were amazing. They were, yeah, they were great. But it's like five and a half hours in the car. It is. But again, they did great in the car. And there's probably something nice for them in every once in a while seeing what it is that we do. Yeah. I mean, Abby was riveted this morning. I mean, the two little guys just played on their iPad at the back of the sanctuary. But Abby was just listening to every word that you said. Well, they had a great speaker this morning, so yeah. that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, so handsome, too. <laughs> stop. Oh, <laughs> stop. <laughs> and, shock exclusive, this was the first week since September that we haven't, either of us have been teaching at the school. I know, it's so strange. Yeah, it was really surreal. Yeah, kind of nice, though. <laughs> yeah, but throws you for the loop. It does, yeah. Yeah. All right, well, our main topic for this week is this kind of like strange title of living with an exceptional spirit. So wait, what are we talking about again? Well, it's really more of a discussion. Normally when we come to talk on the podcast, we actually know what we're talking about. Yes. But this is a thought I've been thinking about. I've been having a number of thoughts around the topics associated with having an exceptional spirit, but I haven't actually thought about the topic in hand. So this is kind of like thoughts off the top of my head <laughs> okay buckle up oh dear so it, it started this week babe with john and carol being in town the four of us we were all talking about a mutual friend of ours yes and as we were talking about this person we all remarked on like how exceptional this person was yes and it just it got me thinking about that person and i'm thinking how do you end up like that and then this weekend as i've been dialoguing with the lord the Lord was talking to me about how that quality that I so admire in this person is actually in all of us, but we need to learn to live toward it. Hmm. Right. So, okay. So that's good thinking. Yeah. Stay with me on this thought then, right? Okay. If the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is living inside of us, how much more of an exceptional spirit can we actually have? <gasps> Mic drop. If these weren't hanging from this thing, I would drop it on the floor. <laughs> I mean, I know it's expensive and everything, but I would. That was great. Right. But I'm thinking we can't have a more exceptional spirit than the Holy Spirit. So why is this friend that we're thinking about, you know, the quality of their life is, I don't mean the quality of their life by like the luxury they live in. That's not what I'm talking about. I mean, their their approach to life is way more excellent than our approach to life, wouldn't you say? Yes. So I'm thinking like, Why? I started thinking about, I wonder if the answer to that question is directly related to how much we yield our life to the Holy Spirit. I mean, probably. It, it can't just be how many vegetables you eat or anything like that. It's got to actually have something to do with the Holy Spirit, isn't it? Right. Well, <laughs> we, we're told to walk with the Spirit. Mm -hmm. And I think if you look at the seasons of your life where you're most committed to obeying the Holy Spirit, your life is marked by this characteristic of of excellence and diligence and godliness. Yes. Right? Yes. But I also realize I can choose to ignore the Holy Spirit. It's not just that the Holy Spirit's in me. I actually have to partner with him. Yes, every day. So I think I get lazy and maybe I only partly obey the Holy Spirit. I, I think that's probably right, baby. I think we all do that. Right. So I started thinking, what would it look like if we yielded ourselves fully to the Holy Spirit's wisdom? 
It'd probably look like our friend. Right. <laughs> so here's the thing. I, I know only a handful of people who I would say are living with what I would call an exceptional spirit, where where this fruit of a life lived with God has produced the quality of life I would love to have. Okay. Now, don't get me wrong. I know lots of people who live in obedience to God, but I've realized if we're not careful, we kind of set the parameters where we allow the Holy Spirit to lead us. So, for example, I'm fine for the Holy Spirit to lead me in what should I preach on Monday night at Ammonite. Right. But I don't think to consult the Holy Spirit what should I watch on Tuesday night when it comes to TV. Right. Now, I'm not trying to make this all legalistic. I'm, I'm just giving you an example there that there are probably very conscious areas of our life that we yield to the Holy Spirit. Right, as and, opposed to every single area. Right, and there's probably other areas where it's not that we need to yield this area to the Holy Spirit, it's that are we even open to inquiring about the Holy Spirit's perspective on that? Mm-hmm. So, for example, just outing myself here, I think the Holy Spirit would probably have a lot to say to me if I chose to listen to him about the rewards of physical exercise. Yes. But because I'm really not interested in that, I don't bother asking him. And then I'm I'm reaping the effects of that in my life. Right. So I just started thinking, wait, what are the pockets of my life that I allow the Holy Spirit influence in? And am I seeing corresponding benefit in that? And the answer, duh, is yes. Right. So then I'm thinking, why don't I actually yield all of my life? And I, I thought I had till I started thinking about this. But I mean practically. Yes. So anyway, that's that's the main gist of my thoughts this weekend. What would it look like? What kind of fruit would we produce if we were fully yielded to God, and and how does one become that? Listen to this description of Daniel, because if ever there was somebody with an exceptional spirit, it would be Daniel. So this is, the the context here is, this is, the, the passage I'm about to read is about the third king that Daniel served. Nebuchadnezzar was the first, then Nebuchadnezzar's son Belshazzar, then Belshazzar gets killed by Darius the Mede, which is a great Instagram handle, by the way. So Darius the Mede kills Belshazzar, takes over the kingdom, rather than reinventing the wheel, takes 120 of the brightest leaders, puts them in charge, and then sets three brilliant people over the 120 people, right? Daniel is one of those top three. He's literally the top three of the whole country. Right. And yet, look at what Scripture says about him. It says this, this is Daniel 6, verse 3. Daniel so distinguished himself among the administrators and the satraps by his exceptional qualities that the king planned to set him over the whole kingdom. At this, the administrators and the satraps tried to find grounds for charges against Daniel in his conduct of government affairs, but they were unable to do so. They could find no corruption in him because he was trustworthy and neither corrupt nor negligent. Wow. That's what I'm talking about. I don't think that Daniel's excellence just applied to his job. I bet if you went and stayed with Daniel for a weekend, I bet you his home life reflected that same sort of exceptional spirit. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. I don't think you can turn that on and off. Right. And I also don't think that Daniel was the type of person, I can't prove this in Scripture, but I don't think Daniel woke up in the morning and was like, you know what, I'm going to be better than all the 122 top people. I just think he so lived a life yielded to God that the byproduct of it was living an exceptional life. Right. And surely living an exceptional life also uh, attracts the favor of God. Yeah, I bet, because because God is wise in his stewardship. Yeah. And so if you think about the parable of the talents, you know, the, the one who had ten talents and, you know, invested 
he was like, well done, good and faithful servant. And then there was the five, then there was the one, the one that did nothing with it. That was given to the other guy. And so, right. yeah. So I'm now like, like, oh, uh, okay, what does this mean for me? What does this mean for us? How, yeah. how can we be exceptional? So when you're talking about that, I was thinking about the song that's been playing in my head and in my spirit, like for the last week. Back and in Black by ACDC? No, that's not the one. Okay. Um, close though. Uh, just a little bit different. It's actually, um, I think it's called So Will I by Hillsong United. Can I read you a couple of the the lyrics from yeah, it? please do. So I like that it, it, there's a whole bunch of things that it covers. One thing is sort of the bigness of God, but the second uh, verse says, and as you speak, a hundred billion galaxies are born. In the vapor of your breath, the planets form. If the stars were made to worship, so will I. I can see your heart in everything you've made, every burning star a single fire of grace. If creation sings your praises, so will I. Um, and it, it keeps, like it goes through all the different things that God has done. Like it says, and as you speak, a hundred billion creatures catch your breath, evolving in pursuit of what you said. If it all reveals your nature, so will I. I can see your heart in everything you say, every painted sky, a canvas of your grace. If creation still obeys you, so will I. And so it just keeps going through like all the different things of, you know, creation and just saying, I'm, I'm going to choose to exalt you. I'm going to choose to worship you. I'm going to choose to obey you. I'm going to choose to be laid down for you. And I, it's just been hitting my spirit. Like it's, it's just, it's an amazing song, but it, you can't miss the bigness of God. I, I don't know. Like I, I get so distracted when it turn comes on because like my spirit is listening. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I've noticed that you've been playing it nonstop. You know, it says stuff like if everything exists to lift you high, so will I. And you know, if the winds still obey you, so will I. And you know, just and so I've just been like, oh God, like. Again, sort of the same thing as what you're saying earlier, like what parts of my life don't reflect that I belong to you? Mm. You know, what parts of my life am I still living like it belongs to me? It's a fascinating concept, isn't it? Yeah. Because I think, I mean, prior to me thinking this, I thought I was yielded to God. Right. But I'm realizing there's just areas I've given him attention to. I'm sure the Lord would love to speak into every area. Yeah. I just wanted to read you one more little snippet of it. It says, and as you speak, a hundred billion failures disappear, where you lost your life so I could find it here. If you left the grave behind you, so will I. Oh, I love that line. I know. It's just like, (laughs) so it's just, it's beautiful because it's a song of surrender and worship, but it's a song that's so full of the truth of his pursuit of us Mm. and our, uh, our ability and an invitation to respond. Which I think, you know, when you talk about our friend or you talk about our, you know, the five people you can think of that, that live from that fullness, I think they've probably accepted the invitation, you know? Yeah, I was trying to think about fleshing this thing out because to say someone has an exceptional spirit isn't that helpful. And I was thinking, I was just thinking of some other examples in the Bible, like Solomon was another one, well, until he screwed up. Right. But like <laughs> when the Queen of Sheba heard about Solomon's fame, she comes to him. Mm-hmm. L- listen to her reaction. This is from 1 Kings chapter 10. 
It says this, When the Queen of Sheba heard of Solomon's fame, which brought honor to the name of the Lord, she came to test him with hard questions. When she met with Solomon, she talked to him about everything she had on her mind. And Solomon had answers for all her questions. Nothing was too hard for the king to explain to her. When the Queen of Sheba realized how very wise Solomon was, and when she saw the palace he had built, she was overwhelmed. She was also amazed at the food on his tables, the organization of his officials, and their splendid clothing, the cupbearers and the burnt offerings Solomon made at the temple of the Lord. She exclaimed to the king, Everything I heard in my country about your achievements and wisdom is true. I didn't believe what was said until I arrived here and saw it with my own eyes. In fact, I had not heard the half of it. Your wisdom and prosperity are far beyond what I was told. And so I was thinking like, okay, she's a queen. She is royalty. She's already used to royal splendor. Yeah. Like I can imagine me going and going, holy mother of pearl, this place is enormous. Right. But she's the queen of Sheba. Right. And she's astonished, not just at his wisdom, but she's also astonished at the stuff that should be normal to her. Mm -hmm. Like the palace, Solomon's palace, it says, caused her to be overwhelmed. Yes. I was thinking about that. I was like, somebody who who owns a palace shouldn't be overwhelmed by somebody else's palace. The food he provided for her amazed her. Mm -hmm. The organization of his officials amazed her, as did their uniforms. I'm thinking this whole topic of having an exceptional spirit overflows into everything around you. Yes. But I also think quite a few of the things that probably would have been the overwhelming things for her were actually things that that were designed by God, if it were like, hey, do this like this. Right. And when we do this like this, it ends up having the effect it's supposed to have. You know? Yeah. So it's it's getting the blueprints from God for whatever things that he places in our hands and doing them like that so that the world notices that something's different. I think we touch parts of the exceptional spirit when we're around people who are gifted in their area of expertise. So if you're ever around a skilled musician or an amazing artist or a brilliant cook or whatever, that that is them in their gifting. That's, That's not necessarily them with an exceptional spirit. But the same way that you see their brilliance manifest in that one area when we let that brilliance, I think, affect our whole life, then we're walking with an exceptional spirit. Yeah. I, I really don't know what I'm talking about, other than these are like my first thoughts on this yeah, topic. They're ponderings. We'll probably have to revisit this at right. some point. But I think some of the hallmarks of someone with an exceptional spirit would be, just just looking at, say, Daniel and, and Solomon, for example, I'd say they lead well. Yes. And they have wisdom that is staggering. Yeah. I mean, that's true of those guys. Their, their wisdom was astonishing. Yeah. What about them? They're, they're not just stewards. They're excellent stewards. Like, everything is managed well. Yeah. Yeah, and excellence is really synonymous with everything that they do, isn't it? Right. So, the, they've got a huge value for quality. There's this whole aspect of, of intentionality and thoroughness. Yeah. I mean, I was even thinking, you know, you're, you're speaking of of Daniel and Solomon, but I was even thinking about Joseph. Like, right. he would have been exceptional as well. And I think with all of those guys, they navigated super difficult things and kept their hearts turned toward the, the Lord instead of getting bitter. Yeah, that's that's interesting. I was thinking that people with an excellent spirit don't lower their standards because of the climate. Yeah. Right, they're consistent in who they are when no one's looking. Yeah. 
So there you go. I, I mean, I'm inspired. I feel like the Lord's leaving breadcrumbs for me to think about and meditate on this whole topic. And I'm like, Lord, I want, I want, I want at the end of my life to be considered as someone who had an excellent spirit. Like, I, I know too. that's going to take years to cultivate, but that's something I would love to learn more about and surround myself with people of an exceptional spirit. Yeah. And begin to think like that. I was thinking about Jesus. I mean, if anybody is the benchmark of a man with an exceptional spirit, it's Jesus. Yes, good point. Yes. But think about the first coming of Jesus. He came in meekness, mm-hmm. right? Didn't come in splendor, mm-hmm. was born in a stable, in an obscure town, in an obscure country. Didn't, didn't raise his voice, didn't draw attention to himself, didn't boast, Access none of the splendor that was his. You know, he could have called on all these angels, but didn't. And I think, like, some of the world missed him because of that. Yes. But those of us who know him and realize he just walked in humility, when he comes for a second time, we're going to understand that his deliberate choice to come in meekness the first time is actually just a reflection of his heart. We'll, we'll see him in glory and in splendor, but we'll remember that he chose meekness the first time he came. I just... I, th- I think humility is, is is such a key part of having an exceptional spirit. Well, and interestingly enough, when you talk about our friend and the couple of others that you can think of, all of them, I would say, are totally marked by meekness and humility. And by that, I would say that when you interact with them, it's like an iceberg, as in the the bit that you see of their life is like you, you're you're impressed by, but actually the meat of who they are Yes, is, there's a is well all underneath, isn't there? Yeah. 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 It's it's yeah, it's a different way of living. So anyway, I, I hope our rambling tonight is of some inspiration. If you have any thoughts on that, please shoot us an email. We'd or books or people you know who you would count as having an, an excellent spirit. We'd love to know about it and love to hear more. Well, babe, it sounds like you have a sermon brewing. Well, I, I, I hope so. It's, <laughs> it's just it's it's the stuff that's been on my mind all weekend. I've been pondering it, and I, I really want to learn more. Yeah. But wrap us up, baby. All right. Um, what could I let you know? I know the School of Supernatural Life has their applications open now for next year. So that would be school starting in September 2018. Woo. I know. We already have a bunch of applications. I'm super excited. I love it. I know. It's so exciting. So, yes, both year one and year two applications are open. And we would love to hear from you. To apply, you would go to gracecenter.us slash school. Yeah. And you can see all the information there. And there's videos and stuff like that. So if you have no idea what we're talking about, but your heart just leapt in your chest while we were just mentioning it, go ahead and go over to the website and you can get all the information you need um, and all the dates that you need. But also there's some lovely testimonial videos and stuff like that. Yeah. And with Christmas coming up, I want to recommend AJ's book called Finding Father. It's a 12-week devotional study that you work through every day. It is a fairly big book, but it has a little section that you read every single day with activations to do each week, and it's completely designed to take you into a closer relationship with God. There are a ton of five-star reviews on Amazon. It's changed lives all over the world. We meet people all the time who are like, oh my gosh, I read your book and it totally changed my life. And if you've already read it, you know what a life-changing resource it is. Why not pick up some copies for some of your loved ones? Head on over to alanandaj.com slash findingfather for more info and to order the book. And if you want the show notes from this episode with links to everything we've talked about, go to alanandaj.com slash 
173. Until next week, we pray you have an incredible week. Faith, life, communication, tacos and video games. Paleo donuts and the kindness of God are things we deal with every day. From Franklin, Tennessee, they are just like you and me. If you are a human being, there's something here for everyone. 